Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right, here we are back at the Grit Podcast. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Brian Charlesworth, the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And today we are here with Kenny Klaus, who is one of the top teams over at KW. Kenny is uh, on Gary Keller's Mastermind. He's a branch manager and a team leader in Mesa, Arizona. And Kenny, I still have not figured out how so much business gets done in Arizona. I mean, there, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of teams down there that do, you know, several hundred transactions a year. So it's just, it's an amazing market down there. I see here that you've specialized as well in HUD and short sales. So I don't know if that's something you're still doing, but if it is, I want to dig into that. And then uh, you're also a speaker of a lot of, at a lot of KW events. Anything else you want to add to your background? No, I mean, I think um, my story was kind of, I was the FedEx guy for 13 years. And so, you know, kind of learning that model and the efficiencies of kind of having your own route, you know, you went from either a swing driver or you were a, you got your own route. I mean, a swing drivers, vacation, sick days, things like that. Or, you know, once you got your own route, and what I really saw was the efficiencies and the difference when you had your own route versus when you were a swing driver. It was like starting over every day, but when you had your own route. So, um, you know, Gary had interviewed me in 2010 up on stage and, um, you know, I'd said, well, I just kind of run my realtor route, which, you know, for me was just hitting the businesses, the houses. And, and in 2001 started geographic farming in, in a neighborhood with that idea of, I just want to be like, I want that to be my route. I want to know everything about it. I want people to know me. And then if I can make it work for 10 years, then I've probably got a, a solid business in that area and I'm not running all over town and the Valley is very spread out. So you're, you know, the idea was, you know, how can I just do more business in this area instead of being scattered all over? And I quickly found, you know, doing CMAs, your commute, all of those things, you just got so much more efficiency by going small to go big um, and the benefit, you know, farming, you're doing a lot of the same activities you do regularly. You're just focusing them on an area. So, you know, you're still hunting while you're farming to build that foundation. So that's been kind of one of my big things that we've taught on, you know, we have a little certification course around it to teach other agents um, just because it's been a game changer for me and provided such consistency in a, in a really inconsistent business, um, if you will, for a lot of agents. Yeah. So if you teach on that, are you teaching on farming or are you teaching a bigger strategy than farming, which is more around this route? Uh, it both. I mean, it's all integrated together because yeah. you're teaching, first of all, the concept and, and understanding why it's so important, what it does for you to create this predictable, repeatable business. Like if I know January 1st of 2021, I'm going to have 250 to 300 listing appointments next year in a geographic area you can start to build around that foundationally and invest and do things in your business. So it's, it's a combination. And then, you know, me, I'm still doing it. So I, we teach all the, the practical stuff. What are the activities that we are doing in the farm 
to create the relationship and the connection with the community. Um, so very specific. And then we've created a group around that where we're you know, trying to get everyone to share too, because there's so many great ideas agents are doing throughout the country that, you know, we can spin and figure out how to do it here or vice versa. They can take it and learn there. Um, but it's really, like I said, it's really been a great way for me to do business. I'm, you know, I'm a high eye and my disc profiles are very relational and the idea of, you get to know all the models, you get to know all the neighborhoods, the schools, the sports, the shops. Uh, it just, your confidence level as an agent goes up when they open that front door. If you've never been in that house or that model, when you know so much about the area, um, you know, an NAR says 93% of consumers pulled, you know, want a local market expert and 77 want a local um, area expert. And I'm going, well, if three out of four want those two things, then that's what I should give them. And that was kind of the vision between behind farming. Yeah, makes total sense. So I want to dig a little deeper into that since you brought up farming. I wasn't even planning on going there, but I'm glad, I'm glad you're going there. So how big should an area be? You know, that's, uh, that's, it's always those questions, right? And I always tell people, like, you have to start with, you know, what can you budget monthly and then kind of work backwards out of that? Because to me, it's not something you can do for three months or six months. I mean, you've got to have at least a 12-month commitment to really see that return. Now, depending on the amount of activities that you're doing in a farm, you could obviously, you know, make that a lot faster. If you're door knocking, doing open houses, you know, meeting more people, but I always say, give it 12 months. So if you got a thousand bucks, you can set aside a month. Well, then you got to work from there. So you can go on, you know, USPS, you know, the United States Postal Service.com backslash EDDM, which is every door direct or mailing. And then you can pick areas and you can see how many homes are there, what the postage will cost. And then you add a little bit, you know, double that plus a little, and that'll give you an idea of what it'll cost per, per house to, to print and mail to. So you can go, well, you know, I can start with 450 homes, for example, but I'm going to do it for the next 12 months. Um, and then beyond that, of course, you want to look at turnover rates you know, is there five, six, 7% turnover in the neighborhood, meaning are homes actually selling? Are people moving? Um, where, where, where are you going to get turnover rates? Uh, just MLS. So you just, okay. you know, just draw so, around it and you can just kind of find out, hey, there's thousand homes in here and there was, you know, 200 sales last year. Okay, this is a good turnover rate. Um, but, you know, if you're in a neighborhood where people aren't moving and it's, you know, you only got 15 homes that sell a year in there, depending on the price point, right? I mean, if they're a million dollars, it's a different conversation. But, and then you look at, you know, is there a dominant agent? Is there an agent who has, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20% market share, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but in a given area, people feel like that's the only signs they see is that, that agent. Um, yeah. And I'm certainly not saying to not compete, but I wouldn't necessarily start there. I would probably start maybe near there and grow towards it. And then I think you got to really love your farm. I mean, I, I still live in the farm that I started, you know, in 2000. Um, and I just felt like I want to build a business here. You know, my kids were young at the time, starting elementary and high school. Uh, of course, now my last one just graduated. But the idea was, like, I want to make this a business, um, not, you know, a lot of agents, like my financial planners, like, you're like the only agent I have that actually has a sellable real estate business not just a database, like you actually have a brand and a, and a repeatable business that doesn't, isn't dependent on you anymore in a geographic area. 
And that was one of the things I just didn't want to spend 20, 30 years doing this and then walk away with, with nothing and try to, you know, sell or give away a database. It was really to build a business within a community and, and be the go-to, you know, when people think real estate, you know, we know how many they're interviewing these days and it's, you know, one or two, maybe we're starting to see a few more here and there, depending on the platform, but you know, we want to be top of mind. Yeah. So I know there are some software companies out there geared around farming, but it sounds like you went to USPS and tell us that address again, USPS. Yeah. So USPS.com and then backslash EDDM. EDDM. Yeah. Every door direct mail. Okay. We just, um, you know, we just make our own newsletter every month and I'm not saying that's for every agent, like, but we make a custom eight page booklet basically but I'm not saying that's where everybody's budget can start. I mean, honestly, if you got to start with, you know, a colored piece of paper and, you know, print black and white on it and get it delivered. I mean, just do something consistently. Um, and that's the word, you know, right. Consistent. I mean, that's, well, you could say that about everything in life. You know, if you, if you eat right consistently, you have these results. If you work out consistently, if you call your database, if you mail to people and you bring value, consistently over time people end up trying you you know you just get connected and then you do a good job for them and you know they hope they tell the neighbors and start doing reviews you know people are looking at reviews and you know if you've got 50 reviews in your business you know let's just say Brian you sold 50 homes last year two were in this neighborhood one over here maybe three over here over here you don't have dominance anywhere but if you pull up like my zip codes on Zillow like we dominate the zip codes with reviews and we know people are looking at that, even though they may see our newsletter and think we're good. They still go online just to kind of see what consumers say to a degree, right? Not all of them, but I mean a percentage. Yeah. So back to farming for a minute and then we'll jump out of farming. What, what are the most important activities that you do in farming? Kenny? Cause I've, I've seen a lot of people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, and they've, done it for a year with maybe one or two conversions and we're like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done with this. So what are the activities that you need to do to make sure that you're having success as you're spending that marketing dollar? Well, you know, it's like, it's a contact sport, right? So you have to go out and contact people. You can't just mail just a newsletter and hope for the response. I'm not saying that doesn't work because it can for some, depending on what you're doing. But for us, you know, it's running the route. So, you know, I've got 40, think 43 businesses that now right now it's been different because of COVID, but that we have to run the route every month and take our extra newsletters and put them in their businesses. So that creates contact with the business owners where you're walking in and bringing value. Um, you know, we host a, a local neighborhood network meeting every month. So it gives me content to go to business owners and like Wells Fargo, one of the banks in our neighborhood, you know, they give our little flyer to all their new business customers, right? Because they want to add value to their business customers. So they, hey, there's this little local, you know, business and you know, our goal is to keep dollars in the community, you know, do some business videos, right? So you showcase the business in the community, which depending on how many views and what you get, you get this relationship with this business owner that you've given to receive. And what I've realized is most of these business owners, everybody they're talking to are all the people that I'm trying to talk to. And so yeah. if, I can, if I can build goodwill with them, you know, then of course you've got, you know, your open houses and then we door knock the open houses and we have our charity. We have like a brown paper bag as our charity real big on it. And we put a nice flyer on it and we go door knock a hundred homes or more 
around the open house. And we just, hey, you know, the Johnsons asked us to sell their home. We're going to be there Saturday, 11 to 3. Um, we're also doing a food drive for the local shelter. You know, would love if you have time to fill this bag up and you know, drop it off at my open house. And the idea for that was, you know, when you're standing at the door, if they do answer in that, it's not awkward. You're bringing value. And then more importantly is, um, because for me, I always have to bring value. Like I, I go, is this junk? You know, what makes them want to interact? But then what you're getting is, you know, our open houses and our farms, we're actually getting seller leads because sellers are bringing the bags down or coming and seeing it, um, which is really the, the seeds that I'm planting is that we're out doing something. We're taking action. We're, we're goodwill to the community. We're not just taking from the community. Um, and then you have all your social media stuff, of course, you know, your Facebook pages and, and all of that. Um, but I do a lot of donations within the, the schools. Um, you know, we've done water bottles, um, the terrible towel idea, the Jag rags, like as our the Jaguars of the team, you know, we gave those to the band, they sold them. Um, so, but all this is over time, right? And we have our, you know, our moving truck, um, you know, being the FedEx guy, I had to have a, a big billboard running around the neighborhood. And so we've got three wrapped vehicles, the little ad dividers at the grocery store. So the idea is all of our marketing is really spent on the foundation. And once we got the foundation built, then it started to really spread out throughout the valley because people move out of the area, but now we've already met them and they know what we do. And so it's just been a, you know, a nice, a nice process. And, and don't, you said it earlier, the amount of competition in Arizona is unbelievable. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many agents and then everybody comes out to Arizona to try out all their tech toys. So, you know, all your I buyers and all your discount brokerage stuff and all these, I mean, we get hit with every one of them. It's like they come tested here first because, you know, the amount of track communities we have, it's, there's not a lot of, you know, like subdivisions will be, you know, you'll have 800 homes, 1700 homes. You know, we got one that's, they're building out 15,000 homes in one subdivision. And so you've got, you know, track and they're very much more predictable properties. So they're easier for a lot of these tech companies to value, if you will. Um, yeah. So uh, tell us about your team. I think you said you have 25 or 26 people on your team. Tell us about your team and what your role is. Are you still active in the business as far as working in the business or are you only working on the business? Those types of things. So a little bit of both. Like I, I can't never not kind of be involved because it's just, I love it still. Um, but uh, we've got, um, you know, my, my uh, Scott, who really basically runs the team at this point. And then um, we have one VA that kind of helps on the listing side, a listing manager, two transaction coordinators, a full-time runner, and then a director of sales. And then everybody else is, you know, agents at that point. And so I'm, I'm involved to a, a degree. I'm actually waiting on confirmation of a closing right now. Um, for me, it'll be my, my biggest one ever. I think we're at, at two and a half million. So I'm hoping to be able to tell him that he can get the keys and go here in a, in a few minutes. Um, but uh, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. And I, and I do, and it was a buyer side, but I am, um, I've got like four flips going right now. I love the flip side of the business. And then I started a, a construction company too. So we're a licensed contractor. So we can do all like the home, home inspection repairs, flips, remodels, you know, all of that to try to keep the client like in our ecosystem, if you will offering yeah. all these different services and touch points. Mm, that's great. Now, are you more of a listing specialist 
or are you just when you do when you're out selling you're doing whatever so for me personally i mean i for the last all these last years up until the last four or five years i did all the listings um you know i gave away buyers pretty early on just that's how you build the team right you have more leads than you can handle and so you hire agents to help with that side um so but i don't do much of that anymore i um um i've got maybe one or two listings under me right now but everything else goes through the team and those are just usually personal deals or friends or that kind of thing okay um i'm getting a little backup noise i don't know if that's you or me so let's talk a minute about zillow premier agent because it seems like that's something that not all, but most of the big teams are a part of. I believe you're a part of that. Are you, are you a Zillow Premier Agent team? Yeah, we spend the bare minimum um, to, to have the Premier status. Um, you know, we tried Flex out for a little bit, and um, it just didn't, uh, didn't work out for us. Um, and we're still toying with it, but um, we don't spend any money, let's put it that way, on Zillow. So to be a premier agent, what does that mean? And when you say you spend the bare minimum for that? I think, I mean, honestly, I, I couldn't even tell you about that. I think it's maybe a hundred or 200 bucks a month to like keep your premier status. Um, you know, once you've earned it, I, I don't even know what it was to earn it. Um, Cause we've done different things with them over the years, but uh, it just helps our listings show up a little bit more and that kind of thing. But I'm saying it's like a hundred or 200 bucks. I, I could be wrong on that, but it's not, it's not much. It's not like we are spending you know, five you're, not, you're not buying you're not buying tens of thousands of dollars of Zillow leads every month. No, we used to do all that like a lot of people, and um, we realized as long as we have enough listings, we're still getting the leads. Now I'm sure that'll change at some point, but we get enough organic off of it compared to the paid. It just wasn't it wasn't worth it. Okay. In my uh, opinion, now other markets I hear it's great. People do well. Just here, we just haven't. You know, they rotate it through and they sell so much in this, each zip code now, it's pretty crazy. Okay. So I know you were doing REOs and stuff like that. Are you still doing that today? Or, I mean, it seems like now might be the time to start prepping for what came in 2008. And so like, if you were an expert then, are you preparing to be that expert now or what's, what's happening with that? Yeah, I kind of, um, it's one thing I kind of missed was the early steps of the REO side and then really even short sale like because farming you get you have this audience of trusted people and so we're like I don't know it's you owe more than what the house is worth like you have to write a check and we didn't really know um, and then when CDP came along um, certified distressed property expert that designation it really changed it and then we became over time like big short sale and like, we did a lot of them and then REO, I kind of was behind the, the curve on that. But I did get in sometime in 2010, the HUD account for Phoenix, one of the uh, one of about nine or 10 agents throughout the valley. And that produced a lot. I mean, I would you know, I'd get 30, 40 a month sometimes assignments. And I want you to keep in mind, at one point, our average sales price was like 89,000 in one of the months. Like it was absolutely scary to even think about that but it was awful and the requirements to you and the speed to do all this and then to get agents to want to go show one of these properties um i mean it was a lot but you know overall we met a lot of people through it i always look at the big picture um and yeah you know we're i'm active on a few of those sites but 
it could come, you know, with forbearance and some of the things we're hearing. I just, we're so far under inventory right now that even if it does though, why people wouldn't just try to sell or um, it'll get, I don't expect us to see a lot of bank owned properties here in the next couple of years, but again, who knows, right? I don't know that for sure, but yeah, it's part of it. You know, the thing with farming is the one thing I've loved about farming is that whatever happens in your market, you have a shot at and can adapt to with the exception of REO because that was assigned, but like mm-hmm. short sale, we just started holding classes in the community, you know, avoid foreclosure, know your option. And we had an attorney, a CPA and myself, I didn't know if people would come or not. And I was amazed how many people would come out on an evening to kind of hear from a trusted advisor of the truth about the tax side and all these things. And then we adapted shortly after that to road back home, which was a program we put together of how to get on the road back home. And then now we do, you know, homeowner workshops, investor workshops, because the thing is, I send about 21,000 newsletters a month. So you start to build over time, you build this audience. And so the audience is, is listening and you just have to keep adapting to the market and then, and then giving them that, you know, the, the correct information because they want to hear the truth because you know, the internet's scary. I mean, you don't know what's for real or what's not on a lot of this stuff. So if, so if there ends up being a ton of people who haven't been making their house payments due to not being able to get paid due to COVID, you guys can easily rapidly adapt and start rolling out this new short sell program, showing them how to, how to get rid of their home without losing it. Yeah. And that's the benefit, you know, of having, having an audience already is you're just change Like the newsletter doesn't change every month, meaning the consistency and the, and the format, just the messages and it changes over time with, with the market. You know, then we had the, you know, the iBuyer market was massive here for a while and so we had to change to that and hit that head on and explain what that was because we were losing so many people going direct to those guys. You know, we had to get in between that and help still guide the client through all their different options. Yeah. Okay. Great. What's been the most important thing you've done to build a successful team? I mean, I'd love our listeners who, who are all out there, you know, building teams and brokerages. What's been like the biggest thing other than farming, I mean, you've told us a lot about farming, but is there something else that you want to really share that's, that's made a big difference for you guys? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Well, one of the things that you tend to see, and this is you see it with contractors too and, and agents, they're really good at their craft. They're good salespeople, but when it comes to being a business owner, they're kind of lost sometimes because you have to have so many pieces to be a quality business owner. And all of a sudden it takes your time away from what got you there, which was production and and making the money and you're counting on other people. You're having to truly succeed through other people. Um, And and in all fairness, uh, not a selling point or anything, but in 2010, you know, I I moved my business. I was with the balloon before and I, I moved over to Keller Williams and it took me a long time to make that decision. But what I really needed was, truthfully models and systems and edu- more education of how to become really a better, a better business owner. So hiring processes, you know, systems around uh, onboarding people, you know, before if I, if me and you met and, and it sounded good, it's like, yeah, join my team. And then you'd show up and I'd be like, all right, let's go figure it out. That's what I did. And, and you realize that's not scalable. It's not value. Um, and then, you know, we just kept, I kept adding pieces to it over time. 
But I think systems and models that are duplicatable and repeatable are key to, you know, growing a, a large business, which is why franchises work. They get a good model. They teach other people how to follow the model and they can get similar results. And so, you know, for us, it was a lot of accountability. You know, having a director of sales is, is about two and a half years now. We've had that. That was a game changer for me um, to kind of get some of my time back and give that dedication to the, to the sales team. But really, you know, sitting down with them and figuring out what, what their goals are for the year and then working backwards. We call it a GPS, so your goal, priority, and strategies. It's a one-page business plan. And then following that up with the weekly 411, which is your four weeks, one month, one year, and going, okay, are you on track? Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's mathematics at that point, right? You put in a spreadsheet, it's like, okay, here's how many, if you wanted to do 100,000 in GCI, average sales price, average fallout rate, how many listings, how many buyer size, and you just back it down and you go, okay, here's how many people you need to contact per week if you want to hit that goal. And if you don't do that, then don't expect to necessarily hit your goal. And so it becomes a kind of a come to Jesus thing versus a uh, let's hope this works out, which I, I did that model for a long time and that didn't work either. So, so I, I think you bring up a great point and this hits really close to home for me uh, since that's what CSU, it's a big part of what CSU does, right? I mean, you see the dashboards behind me here knowing every number of every person. And um, yeah, I think it's a matter of leading through really knowing numbers and having, having business one-on-ones with your team members versus having emotional conversations with your team members. Because if you're not talking numbers and business and where they need to be and how to help them meet their goals, which is, which is that culture of accountability, then having spent time with a lot of agents, I know that if you're not talking about those things, you're usually talking about their personal life, which there's no, no productivity in talking about their personal life. So, right. I, I think, you know, John Maxwell said, you know, you can't take someone somewhere you've never been. And so for me, it's really been the personal growth journey. Um, you know, I read a lot, a lot of podcasts and really in, uh, in 2005, I kind of started down that road and, um, you got real serious with that just because, you know, I knew my world couldn't grow, um, you know, without me growing. Right. So I had to become a better leader. I had to be willing to, you know, be humble and yep. Yep. I screwed that up and own it and, and then work to, to make the change. So I didn't keep repeating it. Um, but for me, you know, a lot of people, you think about whether it's high school or college, that's like their last formal education and they just kind of go wing it through life and, and hope it works out which if you're just responsible for you, that's one thing. But when you're trying to help other people succeed and achieve their goals, which is, you know, Zig Ziglar's thing, right? Help enough other people get what they want and you'll get what you want. And that is not just a, a quote. I mean, it's, it's reality. If you truly pour into people and, and help them become, you know, better, we kind of look at our team, like there's the, the Navy out there, right? That's all the agents. And then we just want to, we want to get in business with the SEALs, like the Navy SEALs. So how do we, put a, um, a process in place to try to get with the best. And, you know, we don't always, I mean, a lot of times we're hiring new too, but with the right mindset to, to grow and learn. So, so anyway, we're, we're, it's a lot of growth. I mean, it's been a lot of changes in the last, you know, 10 years from when I came over to KW, but it's been completely different and the model works because I use it. You know, I own three restaurants here locally. I have a construction business. We use the same model across the board, as far as 
how to scale things and how to how to create models and systems so that you can plug people into those models and systems and get consistent results. So I know you're part of Gary's mastermind. I know you you're a big reader and you listen to a lot of podcasts. Are there any other sources that you go to for for your growth? Like do you do you pay anybody a coach or anybody like that to to coach you above and beyond what you're gaining uh, over there? Yeah, I have a coach I've uh, had for years. Uh, we had our call yesterday. You know, he's not a yes person. He doesn't always tell me what I want to hear, but he tells me the truth. And, but, you know, when you get to the, when you're the leader, sometimes you don't have anybody challenging you or holding you accountable. So having a coach who, you know, I have to send my P&L to him that holds me accountable. Um, you know, I, I review all my different decisions with him now. I don't make decisions typically without, him and Scott and I have one other mentor that I go to for, for advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, having the coach has been, been a huge plus, you know, you always hear about it, but actually diving in and allowing them, you know, being coachable um, is important because it, it, like I said, sometimes there's things I didn't see it that way or, you know, he's, he's teaching a lot of the other top agents. And so he sees other things and, and really, moves things much faster, I think, for me, or, and helps me avoid some, some dumb stuff that I probably would have done without having that guidance. And, and you mentioned it earlier, and the emotions, right? And we tend to make emotional decisions. Um, and I've really learned the communication, how to communicate better with people and get my, you know, what I always call like my RPMs back down. So when your gauge is like your car, right? It's like winding out. You got to let your foot off the gas sometimes. And it sounds so easy, but when you're in the heat of it, um, and so learning to be a better communicator, better listener, you know, ask more questions in sales. That's a challenge for a lot of us is to shut up and not just, you know, ask better questions because we know all the answers. Typically, we just don't know the questions that are important to that person. And so you know, just continue to try to adapt my skill set uh, for my team, for my family, for my clients, you know, for everyone I'm around, Um and it's, it's been, you know, really big for me. And it's been fun to kind of see the kids adapt some of this stuff now. And my like, man, if you guys can learn some of this sooner, it'd save you a lot. I know you can't because that's just part of the growing up process. You still got to try to try things even though you know. But um, it's been fun. It's been a fun journey because at the end of the day, as long as I keep getting better every day um, a little bit, then my world keeps growing to creating more opportunities. Awesome. Okay, Kenny, uh, just, we, we just have a few minutes left, so I just want to uh, share some of the questions that I typically ask, which um, just some quick quick answers for you here, but what's your favorite book or your favorite source of learning? It may not be a book, maybe a certain podcast or something like that. Well, you know, I'm a big Brian Buffini guy, so I listen to his podcast. I've been going to his masterminds, me and my wife, for years now. Um, he's all about personal growth and, and high touch with referrals. And his podcast is just so real to me. It comes out every Tuesday, and I really enjoy that. Um, in our book club, in our team, you know, we went back and read. We just, we're finishing it next Wednesday as the finale of that one, and that was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I can't say enough about how relevant that's been right now, especially with all the emotions with COVID. And you know, we've been breaking heat wave records out here, and just everybody's emotions are at an all-time high. And learning how to take interest in other people. Uh, but I mean, I've got just a library of, of books. Um, 
I have a little Facebook page called Positive Hub that I post something positive every day because, you know, you find what you're looking for. So I'm always looking for what's positive and, and trying to share it with other people so that, you know, hopefully they can share it. And, uh, and it's a lot of just quotes, things I see, you know, being out there, but try to share it all in one place so that, um, you know, people can, can work on that because you want to surround yourself by people who are, you know, growing too and, and looking, looking to get better. Uh, positive hub uh is that just positive hub.com just positive hub on facebook oh it's on facebook okay just something me and my daughter started several years ago just as an introduction of how to you know start looking for the positive stuff because it's easy to find the negative stuff right i mean yeah. it's everywhere and then you, you throw an election year on top of this and you're like oh yeah i mean it's just it's crazy out there so <laughs> you know but i think you know, for me right now, mindset is is probably the number one thing that you have to really, you know, get straight sometimes multiple times throughout the day to get back on track, you know, but you can only focus on what you can control. And if you can't control certain elements of the market, interest rates, stock market, whatever it is, then you can only dedicate so much time to that. But if you could control how many more clients you called today, how many more handwritten notes you did, how many, you know, how prepared you were for an open house, the results follow that, you know, and for a lot of people right now, this election is like overwhelming. And I'm going, you know, hey, Brian, do you know who you're going to vote for already? And if the answer is yes, then let's just turn it all off because you don't need it because you already know there's no reason to keep, you know, taking all that negativity, if you will, in. And, um, and that might even been something I heard what Tom mentioned or something one time was about the, the election because, it's so funny to me that people get so hung up in it and I just don't pay attention to it. Like if you know where you want to vote, then just get back to your life because it's your life. They have so many people counting on you. Um, yeah. Just simplifying a little bit. Yeah. Great, great advice. What's your favorite place to visit? Um, so we've got vacation rentals down in uh, Puerto Penasco, Rocky Point, Mexico. So from Arizona, it's about a four hour drive. And so that's one of our favorites because we can just hop in the car. Like I could leave right now and, and be there for happy hour. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and then we've got a place up in the mountains, our cabin we bought about 16 years ago, our family, where me and my wife bought, you know, for our family. And um, we've been going up there like every weekend just to get out of this heat. And, and we like the outdoors. We ride razors, like, you know, the off-road vehicles. And um, so I'd say between those two places and then just randomness a couple weeks ago, we just got in the car and, drove up to Durango, Colorado and spent a week up there. You know, I booked two nights before we left and just kind of winged it from there. We like adventure and, and, you know, sometimes we, we get caught in the same routine sometimes, which consistency is good. But the other side is sometimes you got to try new stuff, you know, whether it's take a different way home from work or you just see the world sometimes through a little bit different lens and, and it kind of opens up your mind to, to other ways of doing things. And so we try to keep fresh with that. I love it. What's like the most important piece of advice you would give? And you've given a lot of great advice today. Maybe if there's something else you want to share, Kenny, you could do that just on a finishing note here. You know, for me, I've been through so many cycles now out here. And when I first started building the business, you know, you're having success. And what happens is your whole world becomes just business. And, you know, I've had four kids, we have five grandkids now, like, and I, I missed some things along that journey because I was so one-sided and not on purpose necessarily, but when you're growing a business, 
you know, it's exciting, but all your eggs are in that kind of in that basket. And, and Buffini really talks about the five circles. So kind of, you know, spiritual, physical. So are you working on your, you know, getting to the gym or doing some push-ups, and then, you know, your, your, how are you, are, how are you eating? And are you taking care of that? And he kind of does like gears, if you will. So if you think about it, if one gear is kind of gunked up, it throws the whole thing off. So you got to put a little bit in each. And so, you know, we try to be very on purpose, you know, with, like tonight we're going to play disc golf with some buddies. And then last Tuesday night's date night. Um, we try to be very on purpose with balancing, um, you know, talking about our finances. So we make sure that bucket is, is full and, and having attention. And that way, if your business is challenged right now, your whole world doesn't fall apart because you've got other things you're, you're putting your time in. And then, but you know, if your business is, is on fire and you're only focusing on that, a lot of times then you're, relationship with your spouse or your family is challenged. So you've got to be time blocked to put all those pieces of the puzzle together so that the whole thing is just spinning like it's supposed to be. And that's something I wish I would have learned sooner um, is, is how to be a little more well-rounded and, and play, go out and, and, you know, step out of the business sometimes and look at what you've done and kind of enjoy it instead of just, it's always more like real estate. There's never, there's never a day that I, there isn't more I could do at the office. One more of this, one more of that. You just have to know it's going to be there tomorrow. And when you build a business the right way, relationally, for me, farming, where I have a business with, within a neighborhood, the business, if you keep doing the right thing, it, it comes. It's just, you have to, your faith has to be stronger than your fear. And I think by, by putting a balance in those five buckets, it, it gives you that um, a little more, balance if you will in life so that if you're having a, a bad situation but your family's strong or your finances are okay and you're eating okay and you're going to the gym um, or working out or walking whatever it is that the whole thing doesn't crash down because you've neglected everything else and then your business takes a hit and the wheels come off but if you yep. have that more of that balance it for me there's an ebb and flow to it that that keeps me uh and don't get me wrong i got plenty of challenging days and there's days where I'm like, the hell was I thinking? I should just keep delivering packages and I could go home at five o'clock. Um, but you look big picture and you know, it's just, it's, it's taking ownership of your actions. I always use the word choices, right? Life's all about choices. And kind of my quote is, you know, you make enough right choices, you earn the right for more choices. You make enough wrong choices and you run out of choices. So if you're, if you're choosing the right things, over time, it keeps opening up more doors. You're making bad choices. They tend to close, and all of a sudden, you're now working for this person, or you're, you've run out of options because you're not making right choices, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, or business. And so, um, to me, the, the choices word is real powerful. I have it on my mirror, you know, in my, in my bathroom, because it's all about choice. Yeah, well said. Great advice. Um, Kenny, how do people best get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you um, just to, to hear more about some of these things you're doing? Well, um, you know, for like agent to agent referral stuff, we try to make it really easy. It's just referarizona.com and the referral forms already loaded. Um, if you know one of our agents specific, you can pick them. Um, but for agent to agent, refer Arizona is, you know, is, is the best. And for me personally, you know, obviously a lot of people hit me through Facebook or, um, you know, just my first name is Kenny and then at Klaus team is my email. 
Okay, great. Well, Kenny, thanks for joining today. It's uh, been great getting to learn more about your business, especially about farming. And thank you for sharing the, uh, your advice on just balance and really filling up those all five circles or all five buckets uh, of our lives. So great getting to know you, Kenny. Um, and feel free to reach out anytime. I look forward to getting to know you more in the coming years. Yeah, and if anybody has questions on um, like farming, one of the things I kind of ask because I get kind of bombed sometimes with it, and I kind of always want to get back to people. We do have um, a program called CLME, which is Certified Local Market Expert.com. So CLME.com, those four letters. And that's the class that we built around what we're doing. Um, and people can sign up for it. And all of the, everything that I would talk to them about, and then some is all packaged right in there with samples, so, of, samples of the newsletter, how we run the route, I mean, pretty much everything at clme.com. We try to keep it very real because we're actually doing it today. It's not like something we're just trying to sell a system. The challenge for me was, is, you know, you get off stage in front of 15,000 people and Gary interviews you and then everybody's calling your office and Facebook and I, I don't want to ever be that guy, like get too good, big for your own good. Um, so we just kind of built a program so people they go through that, it answers most of their questions and gets them out of the gate uh, with it. And then, and then we're happy to talk to people because it eliminates a lot of those simple questions that they just didn't put the effort in. And I believe, you know, you got to invest in yourself um, if you want results. You can't just keep trying all these different things without really committing to it, if you will. Okay. So on that note, everyone, go to clme.com. I'm going to go check that out right now, Kenny. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.